Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, brought to you by KaplanNursing.com, which offers preparation courses for the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. In today's episode, what we're going to be chatting about is something that students will encounter before they graduate, before they will have to worry about the NCLEX, and that's all about clinicals. It's something every nursing student needs to do, and we know that it can be challenging, stressful, different, hopefully exciting as well. And in today's podcast, we have a really great Kaplan instructor who's joining us, and her name is Meredith McKenzie, who's going to talk to us about how we can survive clinicals in nursing school. Meredith has been a nurse for the last 10 years, and she has been an educator. She's been with Kaplan for the last six years. It's just going on her seventh year now. And I will now go ahead and actually introduce uh, Meredith. So hello, Meredith, and great to have you on our podcast. Thanks so much, Matt. I'm so excited to join you. Yeah, so excited to have you here. I know I just gave a little bit of a brief introduction, but why don't you uh, tell the folks listening at home a little bit more about you? Yeah, so I'm really excited about this topic because obviously I was a nursing student myself a decade ago and did clinicals. Uh, My background in terms of um, clinical work has actually been mainly in the medical, surgical, and emergency room settings. And I've taught clinical for a variety in a variety of different settings uh, for a variety of different programs over the last six years. So at this point, I probably have about a thousand students in the clinical setting. That's incredible. That's a lot. Uh, and actually, I know you said you've been teaching clinicals for like the last six years, but you also said, of course, that you, of course, had to go through clinicals as well. So tell me a little bit about that. What was your experience like going through clinicals? So I think uh, as a student, you kind of go through different phases of clinicals, but I vividly remember my very first clinical day as a sophomore nursing student really just being absolutely terrified and thinking to myself, I don't know what to say to patients. Um, what if I make a mistake? What if my clinical instructor you know, really hates me? Uh, I think a lot of the same thoughts that my students have sort of shared with me in terms of just being very excited to actually get out there and uh, work with patients for the first time. And you kind of feel like you're being a real nurse for the first time but also just the sheer terror of, will I actually be able to do this? Yeah, I think that's a shared experience. If you ask any students, I would hope that there would be excitement, but of course there's a little bit of fear in there as well, being unsure. There's a little bit of uh, trepidation as to what your role is there, what you're supposed to do. And I think that transitions well into my first question for you actually, which is for the nursing student who's listening, who's about to start clinicals and who's maybe Uh, unsure about their role in the, uh, you know, in that role particularly, what would be your advice to them? I mean, what are the types of things that nursing students should be doing during clinicals? Should they be concerned about approaching nursing staff? How do they go about balancing those concerns with what their role should actually be in a clinical situation? So that's a fantastic question that I get from a lot of my nursing students, especially because I do teach one of the earliest clinicals. And I always tell them that as a nursing student, they really are in the role of sort of the apprentice nurse. So when we think about nursing school clinicals, back when we think sort of historically, this was really an opportunity for nursing students to really be an additional member of the healthcare team. 
and support the healthcare team in providing care for the patient. So nursing students should recognize that even though I think a lot of times they worry about being a bother, they're actually a big help to the nursing staff on the floor. So most nurses will have four, five, six patients, and most nursing students will have one, maybe two patients at a time. So they really have a chance to spend a lot of time with that patient, to provide education um, for that patient, answer questions, and to really also, though, focus their time on thinking through carefully, what am I doing and why am I doing it? So it's really a great chance to sort of slow down and practice those critical thinking skills that are so key as a nurse. Yeah, and to piggyback on that idea, it's thinking about building experience. You're there to learn what it's like to be in a real nursing job. And I like that you use the word apprentice. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a great image to keep in mind. And uh, for those listening at home, also knowing that you are there to not only learn, but to support the nursing staff and that you're not a bother at all, but you're really there to help them is a great thing to keep in mind as well. So as we dive into talking about the, the day-to-day of a nursing student in clinicals, we know that often clinicals can start really early in the morning and can last you know, six to 12 hours. And not only are you in clinicals, but you're trying to balance everything else you have to do every day as a nursing student. So especially keeping in mind that there could be an early start and many students might not be used to starting so early in the morning. Uh, what are things that students can do to stay alert, stay engaged throughout the clinical day? Yeah, so, you know, nursing students have a little bit rough when it, uh, compared to most other college students. And one of the things I caution my nursing students is that it is you really can't sort of do the typical college experience of pulling all-nighters and staying up really ni- uh, late at night sort of studying, you know, sort of crash studying for a test the next day. Because when you are doing clinicals, it really is like, like working sort of a typical nursing uh, job where you might have eight to 12-hour shifts. And so I always encourage students to really set a really good um, sleep schedule and make sure they're getting to bed at a reasonable time, you know, not trying to stay up till 2 a.m. studying and then have to turn around and get up at 4.30 in the morning to make it to clinical. But one of the other things I really tell students is I always say more water, less coffee. So a lot of times um, nursing students will come in having had sort of two cups of coffee in the morning to get themselves wired and alert. And what ends up happening is that, you know, their heart rate really goes up, um, they start feeling really hot, and they'll actually pass out on me on the clinical floor, Um, which I think nursing students worry about. And I always sort of say to them, it does happen. I think every semester I've taught, I've had at least one student go down on me. And it's sort of the ideal place to faint because you've got lots of really experienced healthcare professionals (laughs) to help you out. Um, But it is really important to get hydrated, stay hydrated, drink water before you come in in the morning, keep drinking water throughout the course of the day. Um, And it's also important just to develop a routine, uh, make certain, and really this routine is going to help you as you transition to a work life as a nurse, make certain you've got a lunch pack the night before, make certain you've got your uniform out and it's clean and reasonably wrinkle-free, make certain that you have all the stuff that you're going to need so that when you're running out that door in the morning, um, you're not getting to clinical and realizing, oh, I forgot my watch, oh, I forgot my stethoscope, oh, I've got a huge coffee stain on my uniform. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, if you're not drinking coffee, I guess that's not a problem at all. You have a water stain that's going to go away in a second. And <laughs> that's I, true. I, it's it would be honestly difficult for me because I am a coffee drinker, and I know that uh, for anyone who's a coffee drinker, it takes a while to to build <laughs> to build up the actually to build up the tolerance for caffeine, but to build up the build up the tolerance for no caffeine. That's uh, or to get used to just drinking water every day. But I want to point out that idea of having a regular sleep schedule, and it's something that you'll see out there. There's always articles about how to build that routine, build a great mm -hmm. sleep schedule. Is there anything you would recommend, especially for nursing students to maybe practice good sleep hygiene? I mean, what are the types of things that nursing students can do to build that effective sleep schedule as they're getting ready for clinicals? So you're so right, Matt. I mean, we see in the news almost every day sort of about the importance of sleep, whether it's you know, sleep for cardiovascular health, sleep to help to decrease the risk of obesity, um, sleep just to improve our alertness and ability to, to function. And we actually know that um, sleep also improves students' task-taking abilities and improves their ability to critically think, which are really key as nursing students. So a couple things. Um, we actually know from the literature that getting to sleep at the same time each night and getting up at roughly the same time every morning is more important, even more important than the absolute number of hours you have to sleep. Mm. So what a lot of college students try to do is they'll try to say, go to bed, okay, I'm gonna go to bed at 9 p.m. the night before clinical, but then, okay, the next day, I'm not, maybe not going to clinical and I'll stay up till 12, and I'll just try to sleep in on the weekends. And that's actually harder for your body than just saying, okay, I'm gonna try to get to bed maybe 10 or maybe I push it back to 11 p.m. every night and I'm getting up at sort of 5 a.m. every morning. Having a really consistent sleep schedule will help you actually get to sleep. And then other one of the other really big tips, this is so important I think for everyone these days, is just putting away your devices. Um, so putting away your computer, um, your smartphone, your iPad or you know your Kindle, and really trying to just you know read um, you know, put away the TV as well also. Uh, so no Netflix, unfortunately, as you try to go to bed. Um, but just trying to, you know, sort of read or do something that kind of relaxes you for the half hour and 45 minutes or even an hour before you go to sleep. So for nursing students, you know, if you're really like, I got to cram that work in, maybe actually pulling out a physical textbook and reading your textbook for an hour before you go to bed, well, it probably is pretty much guaranteed to get you sort of in the right mind for sleeping. <laughs> very true. And I agree, it's very hard in our world today to put away those devices, but it, it definitely has a physiological effect on your body before you go to sleep. So to put those away even a couple hours before going to sleep, I know can be an effective way to get your mind physically ready for sleeping and, and building that great sleep schedule. So glad we chatted a little bit more about it because it's something that I know can be difficult to, to build a sleep schedule, a, a routine sleep schedule. Um, but getting back to clinicals, we obviously know how to start out our morning and, and start off on the right foot. But when it comes to the hours of clinicals themselves, what are things that nursing students can do to really make the most of their time? Because it is a great experience. So I think that's a great question um, in terms of how to really make the most of a clinical day. One of the things I really encourage nursing students to do is to almost make a sort of care plan for themselves in terms of identifying what are the areas that they really want to work on in any given clinical day. 
Um, so that might be, I really want to work on my physical assessment skills. It might be, I really want to work on, I, you know, interpreting my patient's lab values. It might be, I really want to work on some specific um, hands-on skills. And I think it's always helpful to come into clinical a little bit early. So 15 minutes early, half an hour early to look through your patient chart, kind of get some questions together, and also schedule some time um, with your instructor and your nurse. So a lot of times nursing students feel like their instructor is in short supply because there's oftentimes six, uh, seven, eight, maybe even 10 students for each clinical instructor. And so saying to your instructor, hey, I really wanna work on this today. Could we schedule some time for you to come and see me when I'm gonna do my physical assessment? Um, could we set aside a time for you to look over my patient's lab values with me? You know, I was saying to your nurse, hey, I'm really um, wanting to do this procedure. Could, if, you know, could you let me know if that's a possibility? Could you set aside some time for me? I always encourage students to ask, um, both to ask it for a time and attention, but also to sort of ask questions about the patient, about you know, sort of nursing skills, about what they're observing. Um, one of the things is that you know, if you don't ask, you won't receive. And I am always reminded about uh, a student of mine who really wanted to um, do a um, dressing change for a central line catheter. And she asked every single day, she said to the nurses, I really want to do this. If there's an opportunity, could you come and get me? And at the end of our six-week clinical rotation, she'd been able to do six dressing line changes, which is pretty impressive for a nursing student because she'd asked, um, because she'd really made time um, and sort of gotten herself out there to really ask for the opportunity. When you are asking your clinical instructor or your nurse a question, it's always helpful to kind of run your thinking by them hey, I just saw this happen. I'm thinking that I should do X. Is that correct? So you might say to them, hey, you know, my patient has heart failure. I think I just heard some crackles in their lungs. Do you think that we need to give a diuretic? Um, because it gives them a chance to see sort of what you're thinking and to give you feedback on that thinking. Um, so really almost when you're thinking about your questions, creating good questions, and just being afraid, being unafraid, I should say, not being afraid to ask those questions are all ways that you can really make the most of your clinical day. And of course, you know, be a team player, be professional. So I recently was chatting with some nurse managers about what they're looking for in new grads, and they're really looking for people that are strong team players. So when you see a call light go off, go answer it. Um, if you don't know how to handle the situation, you can always sort of report that back to the nurse. Um, but there's a lot of times you can sort of get into different situations, see different things um, just by sort of being present, showing up, and being willing to help out. Yeah, that's all great. What I'm hearing there, it's awesome advice, is this idea of really taking initiative and showing interest. Everything, I think, falls within that theme of asking questions, asking to be involved in things, showing up even early to clinicals, being a team player, being a professional. I mean, those are all things that show that interest in what you're doing, show initiative as well. So anyone who's listening, do all these things. And this is going to make your experience a lot better in clinicals, and it's going to help you to learn so much more. And Meredith, one thing that you mentioned, which I, I definitely want to bring up, is you talked about uh, uh, changing catheters in there. And I think that could fall under a, uh, you know, something to do in a nursing situation that might be um, a little bit sensitive or, or nursing students might be 
a little afraid to do something like that when it comes to working with patients on uh, those sort of sensitive topics uh, with, uh, with everyday nursing situations. So what are some tips you can offer to the student at home who's maybe afraid of those more sensitive uh, topics and clinicals? Yeah, so I remember, um, and I, you know, I think sometimes when I talk about sort of taking initiative, my students that are introverts sometimes find this harder than my students who are extroverts. And I really get that, being, you know, being an introvert myself. And so sometimes it's about sort of picking one thing to try, to try to take initiative on each day and kind of building on that. But students are oftentimes really afraid or really nervous about hand, how to handle things like, you know, the first time you need to do a physical assessment of a patient, you know, really asking the patient to show you some sensitive areas, inserting a urinary catheter and, and feeling like it's a really sort of sensitive topic, or asking patients about things like, you know, sexuality or um, sort of other topics of death and dying, all of which can be really difficult for nursing students. And so I always remind students that you are not um, – that in your role as a nursing student, this is your professional role. So it's not really intrusive or, you know, weird for you. So, you know, if you're just chatting with your neighbor, it might be really odd to ask them, hey, when was the last time you had a bowel movement? But when you're a nursing student asking a patient that same question, it's not really an invasion of their personal privacy because this is your professional role. And you do need to know those things in order to sort of best help them. So remembering that it is your professional role, you can ask those questions, and just being really matter-of-fact about how you present it to the patient. So instead of apologizing for it or saying, I'm so embarrassed about this, just being really matter-of-fact. Hey, you know, um, it looks like you're going to need to have a urinary catheter inserted. Um, my instructor's going to come in here with me, and we're going to walk through the procedure. I'll answer any questions that you have, um, but just being really matter-of-fact about it. When you are sort of talking to the patient about sensitive topics, whether it's asking them questions about um, sexuality or maybe you're asking them questions about um, some concerns about sort of advanced care planning or death and dying, I think it is important as nursing students to really practice being open and avoiding any judgment. So I always say to my students that one of the things they have to work on is really having a poker face and thinking carefully about what are the responses they're going to want to make. So I oftentimes say to nursing students, think about what phrases you want to use. So thinking about things, saying things like, oh, that's interesting, instead of that's good or that's bad. Because interesting is not a judgment. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just interesting. Um, so thinking about how they want to respond and maybe practicing that a little bit among themselves or working with their clinical instructor. I think it's also really helpful to always observe good and bad practices from the nurses, the staff, your clinical instructor. What do they do? What are some of the phrases that they use? How, what are some of the techniques they use to make it more comfortable for the patient? So how do they introduce the topic? Um, how do they, even in terms of their um, nonverbal cues, how do they really approach the patient? Um, and it's also all about practice. The first time you do something, it feels really awkward. It's about practicing and practicing. Uh, I'm an introvert myself, and one of the things I found really difficult when I was a nursing student was to have really natural, normal conversations with patients. And I actually, especially my male patients, and I actually started um, following football so that I could always have a topic to sort of bring up 
to sort of chat with them about while I was providing personal care. So that way I can provide personal care, but we could talk about something that seems sort of really natural and, and normal. So everyone finds their own techniques, um, but really sort of knowing that it will get better and easier each time you do it. Yeah, that's, there's some really interesting ideas in there as well. But bottom line is, like you said, knowing that you should go in there being professional, practice your poker face, think about the things you want to say. And mm -hmm. really, it, again, goes back to professionalism, being a professional in your role. Uh, branching off of this a little bit, how would you, um, how can, how can a, a nursing student in particular get used to delivering a difficult diagnosis or bad news? Because I know that anyone who has to do that for the first time or the first couple of times, even for the first couple of years might be mm -hmm. challenging. So what would you suggest to a nursing student who's going to have to deliver this news or discuss a difficult situation for the first time? So I think for nursing students, one of the things they are most worried about is being assigned a patient who gets a difficult diagnosis or mid-shift or, or gets delivered bad news. Um, and we know even for new to practice nurses, this is really difficult. Unfortunately, what happens a lot of times for nursing students or new to practice nurses is that when a patient receives bad news, they really don't know how to handle it and so they avoid that patient, which is obviously not a great outcome for the patient. So one of the things I really tell my nursing students is to stay present. So don't avoid the patient. Um, stay present, keep checking back in with them, even if you don't entirely know how best to handle the situation or, or what the best thing is to say, be present with them. Let them know that you are there if they have questions, um, if there is anything that you can support them with. Remember too that a lot of times, instead of uh, patients needing you to say something, they really need you just to listen. While they're dealing with the shock, um, the denial, the anger, um, the sadness, all of the sort of emotions that happen when we first get bad news, they really just need you to listen and to say, you know, talk to me, um, tell me about how you're feeling. Is there anything I can do for you? I think other things that nursing students can do is they can offer really practical help. So it's always helpful to ask, you know, patients, their family members, can I get you tissues? Um, is there anyone I can call to help support you through this? You know, is there family or friends you'd like to have present? would it be helpful for you to talk to a chaplain or a social worker on the floor um, to really just you know, offer support? And I think it also sometimes for nursing students makes them feel like they actually have something sort of tangible to do in terms of getting tissues or ice water, you know, calling family members. And it's also a, you know, a good time to sort of pull in, again, to pull in your nurse, pull in your clinical instructor and look for sort of what they do. What are some of the techniques they um, use? What are some of the phrases they use? Um, what is helpful? How can you really sort of listen, sort of be present and um, listen? Other things you can always offer the family as well is if they've just had a difficult diagnosis, they may ask you questions. Um, and it's okay to not know the answers. So you might not know what the prognosis is. You might not know, you know, sort of what the best treatments are. But you can always say, you know, I'll find that out for you. I'll get you some educational material. Um, so don't be afraid to say, you know, I really don't know, um, but I'll find those answers for you. Yeah, that's all really useful, practical advice. 
uh, it's going to be, I think, either way difficult for a nursing student to go through that for the first time. But I think going in with those ideas in mind is going to make it a lot easier and it will get easier each time you do it. Uh, I, I don't want to stick, uh, get stuck in the, uh, into specific situations too much, but I think another one that is worth discussing and then we can start talking a little bit more about sort of the big picture with clinicals is working with students or sorry, working with, uh, with, with clients, I should say, who are maybe difficult to deal with. And I think this is something that nursing students might also Mm -hmm. uh, you know, be concerned about going into a first day of clinical or a second day. You might be just waiting for that difficult, ill-tempered, potentially even rude client. So what yeah. are some practical tips you can offer to students who are worried about working with a potential client like that? Yeah, and I think you, I mean, you really can anticipate that at some point you are going to have a patient who, for a variety of reasons, yeah. is, you know, not happy, is not having a good day. I mean, that is, is nursing in general. So 80% of my patients are great, but, you know, 20% certainly, nobody is happy to be in the hospital. Nobody's happy really to be in healthcare. Um, it's really nice so that you know, being in the hospital is not really where anyone actually wants to be. So, you know, I always say to nursing students, don't take it personally. And that's really difficult. Uh, that's probably one of the most difficult things. But as much as possible, don't take it personally. Um, think about what this person is going through and what they're experiencing and why they might be um, upset. I think it's also helpful in response to really try to avoid being defensive. So instead of sort of being defensive or saying to the patient, you know, you're being unreasonable or, or I can't do that, sort of bring it back to the emotion. Um, you know, it seems like you're upset. Is there anything I can do? Um, I can, you know, I, I hear the, you know, sort of the anger, you know, you can then say, it seems to me like you're having some anger, you know, is that correct? Um, is there anything that I've done that, you know, makes you angry or is there anything I could do to sort of help the situation be better? And you can, I mean, totally acknowledge the things that you are and are not able to do, right? So you can't get the person out of the hospital. Um, you can't sort of fix their illness. Um, but you can sort of say to them, here are some of the things I could do, right? So if your food came up cold from the hospital cafeteria, I could warm that up for you. Um, you know, you're really cranky because you haven't had coffee in a while. If that's on your meal plan, um, I can get you some coffee. Um, you know, so really kind of work with, um, patients are a little bit of negotiating just about what you can do, what you can't do. It, it is, though, important, I will say, to set boundaries. Um, so, you know, if you are really sort of getting worried about your personal safety, if your client is, you know, really being abusive, then definitely leave that room. Walk out of there. Um, get, your, get the nurse who's responsible for the patient. Get your clinical instructor. Um, but, you know, it is you know, it's definitely um, possible to remove yourself from the situation and to just get some resources. Um, what, how is the best way to handle this patient? Is this patient appropriate? And sometimes too, you can say to the patient, you know, say that they're yelling at you, hey, I know you're really upset right now, but, you know, we really can't yell at each other. Here's some of the things I can do for you. Here's some of the things I need you to do for me. So, you know, I need you to think about going for a walk with me. I need you to use your spirometer. Um, I won't yell at you. I need you not to yell at me. Um, you can sort of set boundaries as needed. But you know, try to also use a little bit of humor too. 
um, a lot of times a little humor, um, helping the patient out with some personal tasks, getting them coffee, warming up their food, um, getting them some warm water to bathe with, helping them wash their hair. A lot of times those little things which just seem, you know, like these are just really little things go such a long way. I mean, we all know. We feel better after we wash our face in the morning. We feel better after we brush our teeth. We feel better after we have our coffee. It's about, you know, just human interaction, sort of what makes each other feel better. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. Again, another situation that will be difficult, but these are great tips. Awesome to keep in mind when you're potentially going to deal with uh, an unpleasant client. But, you know, good to keep in mind, like you said, that the client is going through something, not to take it personally and to just use these, these ideas to try to diffuse the situation and make the, turn it the other way, make the, try to find ways to make the client feel more comfortable um, and, you know, make the client feel uh, better as much as you can uh, with, with, like you said, still setting boundaries. So I know we've been talking a lot about really specific situations and, uh, you know, not to get lost in the details too much, but these are certainly all things we need to keep in mind when we're starting clinicals, very common experiences for a lot of nursing students. But to take it back a little bit and look at the big picture again, there's this is still part of school. I mean, you're really still learning the ropes. You're, you're learning what it's like to be in these situations day in and day out. And mm -hmm. one of the common experiences is that, and this transcends beyond just nursing. There's, there's practice and then there's theory. And in nursing school, right. you're learning a lot about nursing practice in the real world. It's still deeply rooted in theory. And your, your, your instructors might do the best job they can to bring the real world into it. But still, a lot of what you're learning is theory and what you, you need to learn as a nursing student. So there are situations where I know nursing students might work with a nurse who's doing something differently than what students right. might learn in nursing school. So what would you recommend in those situations where a nursing student might feel a little bit uneasy about what a nurse is doing, what they're observing, or they might feel conflicted? I mean, what should nursing students do in that situation? So I think for nursing students, this is a situation that is still is relatively common for them to find themselves in. I think almost every clinical rotation I've taught, there has been an occasion where a nursing student has come to me and said, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the nurse, you know, do this in, in this particular situation and school, I thought we were taught to do, you know, this. And I always say to my students, you know, when we are sort of talking in class or when I'm teaching you in clinical, I am teaching you sort of ivory tower nursing. What would your textbook tell you to do in a perfect world where we have all the resources, all the time, all the staff that we need? But of course, you know, in, in actual clinical practice, you know, we're not working in a perfect world. We're not working in ivory tower nursing. And sometimes there are adaptations that get made based on the resources that are available, based on the cultural preferences of the population we're working with. And so nursing students have to think a little bit about, is this just a difference in practice or is it actual malpractice that I'm observing? And when we think about malpractice, that is where the patient could actually be harmed, where the nurse is doing something that could actually result in harm for the patient. And so there are a lot of times where there's just sort of variations in, in how we do things that might be okay. Um, you know, if you do have concern, I think that you, could, you should definitely voice that, right? So if you see something, you should say something. 
Um, but you want to think a little bit about sort of how to say something. Um, because there are a lot of times where nursing students really aren't certain. Am I just seeing a variation in practice or could this be harmful to the patient? And so I think what you can say the, to the nurse is something along the lines of, oh, you know, that's interesting. In nursing school, we were taught to do this. Um, could you tell me a little bit about sort of, you know, I see you doing uh, sort of this sort of practice. Could you tell me a little bit about that and sort of why you do it that way? Um, because it's really, again, it's a very non-confrontational. You're not uh, sort of putting them on the spot. You're not saying this is not the good thing to do. You're asking some questions. Um, if you're still, you know, sort of concerned, definitely sort of engage your instructor, go over it with them. So the nurse told me that they did this because of, you know, for this reason. And get their sort of insight on, is this a normal variation or, you know, do you have some concerns? You know, if you do have some concerns, definitely raise them. And again, you can raise them in sort of a non-confrontational way. You know, I'm really concerned that all four side rails are up on this patient's bed because, you know, I know that patients can sometimes suffocate where they could get hurt when all the side rails are up. Um, and again, you're sort of making an observation. I uh, leave it really open-ended, like we're taught to be you know, use therapeutic communication and, and sort of see the response um, that you get. But know that you will sometimes see a lot of variations. It's not always a bad thing. But of course, when you are sort of thinking about the NCLEX, make certain that you do know what you are supposed to do in ivory tower nursing and what the ideal practice is. Yeah, that's great to keep in mind. And I, I love how you said that using the right words is really important in those situations is you want to speak your mind, but think about what you're saying. And also, uh, even out on top of that, I mean, the, the tone that you use, the way you say it is also really important as well. You can absolutely say, you said that the, you know, particularly say like, well, that's really interesting. And, you know, in nursing school, you learn it as the one we should do this. And there's, there's two different tones you could take to that or, or multiple. You could say like, well, well, that's interesting. In nursing school, we learned to do it this way. Or you could say more, <laughs> more right, right. positively like, oh, well, that's, that's really interesting. You know, in, in nursing school, we always, we learned to do it this way. Um, it's more of a, a, an opportunity that you want to learn as to why the, uh, the nurse staff is doing it a particular way as opposed to sounding critical or condescending. Um, but yeah, that's really helpful to know that we need to use the right language, you need to use the right words um, and the, the right tone and also to speak our, speak our voices and uh, let ourselves be heard and definitely go back to, the, to your instructor. I think that's also very helpful. Um, so Meredith, I know we've been talking about a lot here, a lot to learn in clinicals, a lot to know as you go into clinicals. And my last question for you is, just overall, I mean, is there any other advice you would offer to nursing students that we haven't covered when it comes to clinicals? And even, you know, that there's always going to be a bad day here and there. What would you say to a nursing student who's having a bad day at clinical? Which could be today when they're listening. Um, you know, what would you say to those students? And what other advice would you offer to nursing students to make the most out of their clinical experience? So one thing I always say to nursing students is that bad days happen um, to everyone. Uh, and we know, you know, just in life, sometimes you have good days, sometimes you have bad days. Sometimes I think especially for nursing students that are early in the clinical process, maybe they're, you know, sophomore year or they're doing their very first clinical rotation, bad days sort of feel like the end of the world. Um, you, I, I remember actually when I was a sophomore nursing student, 
I think it was my second day in clinical. I was really trying hard to put my patient's dentures in, and they just weren't going in. Huh. And my clinical instructor walked in and said, um, you're putting them in upside down. Oh, no. <laughs> I just felt, you know, you just, I felt so stupid in that moment. And I really sort of thought to myself, you know, I just don't know if this is for me. I can't even put my patient's dentures in correctly. Like, maybe I shouldn't, you know, be a nurse. You know, so everyone has those moments, right? And, and, and now I look back and I laugh at that story. You know, it's, it's funny now. Um, and it will be funny, right? So um, there are going to be times when you do feel really, when you, start, when you recognize all the things that you still don't know um, in clinical practice, especially as a beginning student. And that's okay. It is really a learning process. And you have to keep reminding yourself that, it, you know, it is a learning process. And there are days that you're going to be really good and you're going to know what you're supposed to do and you're really going to shine. And there's going to be days that you encounter something that you really weren't prepared for um, and something totally new. And sort of thinking about it as, okay, it's a learning trajectory um, and things, you know, as I, and think about sort of what you can control. Um, so are there things I can you know, look up, are there things I can go back to my textbook and gain more information about? Um, and then are there things that, you know, I just really couldn't control? I had a really cranky patient, um, I had a staff nurse that wasn't terribly compassionate. Um, I put my patient's dentures in upside down. Um, I think too, also remember, especially as you sort of progress through clinicals, is that you probably are not going to love every single clinical that you have. So, I remember too hitting my maternity rotation and thinking, boy, this is just not for me. And that's fine. Um, I pursued different avenues in nursing. So you don't have to love every single clinical rotation. It's all about thinking, what can I learn from this situation? What can I take away um, from this? What will, how do I add to my knowledge base in this um, situation? And, yeah. Go, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. And I think finally, just thinking about self-care, um, self-care, sleep. We've talked about sort of sleep hygiene. We've talked a little about, you know, drinking lots of water. Um, but just, you know, making certain that you are building in some time to hang out with your friends, um, have a piece of chocolate, give yourself a pedicure, um, call your mom, you know, if that's something that is comforting to you. But definitely, you know, build in some time just to take care of yourself too. Yeah, very important uh, to take care of yourself. And uh, again, great tips for being able to manage those bad days or those situations that you might not want to be in. And I think uh, there's a lot of great tips from here. And for anyone who's listening at home, I found I hope you found this to be really confident build it, uh, you know, helping you to build your confidence as you go into clinicals and to make you feel uh, hopefully even excited about this. It's a great opportunity to, again, learn and to build your experience in nursing practice and learn from folks who are doing this every single day. And uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time. So Meredith, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and providing all of these awesome tips. So it's been wonderful to have you. And again, just thank you so much for, for joining us today. Well, thanks so much for having me, Matt. Absolutely. We'll definitely want to have you back. And for anyone who is listening in at home, if you're wanting to learn more about surviving those nursing school clinicals, Meredith actually did a Facebook live event 
for us. Uh, by the time this podcast go live, goes live, it'll be about a month ago. So if you go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Kaplan NCLEX prep, you will find it there. And I definitely encourage you to check it out. Meredith did a great job again talking to students live on Facebook about clinicals and answering even more questions there. And I also want to remind you all to please do uh, subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, anyone who you think might benefit from hearing this information and learning more about clinicals and the other topics that we are discussing here. And of course, please reach out to us and let us know what topics you would like to hear. You can reach out to us on Facebook or leave us a comment in the iTunes store or reach out to us on Twitter uh, or even give us a call or an email. We'd love to hear what topics you would like to hear. And as always, we definitely thank you for joining us and listening into this podcast. And we look forward to seeing you again in a future PrepCast. Thank you.